Hey, you spooky good humans. Welcome back to Murdered and Missing. I'm your host, Nicole, and today the case I have for you takes us back to March 20th, 2004, when Vermont State Police received a report of an abandoned car. This car was found on the property of Old Dutchburn Barn that was located in Montgomery, Vermont. The green 1985 Oldsmobile was found at an odd angle and it was backed into the side of that building and there was actually a piece of plywood that came down from one of the windows that was on top of the car. When troopers arrived on scene, they found nobody inside of the car. They found that the doors were unlocked and the keys were missing. And to this day, the driver of that car has not been found. This is the disappearance of Brianna Maitland. On October 8, 2003, Brianna had turned 17 years old, and despite her family begging and pleading with her not to, Brianna decided to move out of the family's farmhouse, and she moved in with her friend Katie in Enonsburg, um, where she would then later enroll in Enon. Enonsburg Falls High School and it was reported that Brianna had some trouble fitting in at her previous high school so that is kind of what prompted her to move to the next town over so that she could just become um, closer to her friend group and just be with them in high school because what high school kid doesn't want to be with their friends so I get it you know if I had trouble fitting in at school and my friends went to a different school, I would definitely want to go to that school. Now, although Brianna does move in with her friend, just a couple months later, in February of 2004, Brianna is actually going to drop out of high school. And this was due largely in part to her growing apart from her friend group. And those feelings of isolation that she was experiencing began to increase. And it was reported that Brianna was actually living out of her car during this time, even during those freezing Vermont months. And it is unclear from my research why Brianna did not move back in with her parents, because everything I've read seemed to say and suggest that they had a good relationship and that Brianna had only moved out to be closer to friends. So... I wish I had more information for you guys on that, but unfortunately, I was unable to find any more. Now, sometime in the beginning of February of 2004, Brianna and her boyfriend are going to go to a party. And while at that party, Brianna is going to get into a verbal altercation with a former friend. I want to say her name is pronounced Kaylee. It's Kaylee Lacrosse. Now, rather than it coming to physical blows, Brianna opted to leave the party. So they got into a verbal fight and Brianna decided to leave. So Brianna and her boyfriend leave. And while Brianna was actually in her boyfriend's truck, Kelly confronted Brianna and struck her multiple times through the window. Brianna then suffered a broken nose and a concussion and various um, cuts and bruises on her face from this attack. She would later then press charges against Kaylee. Now, unfortunately, before those charges could progress, Brianna would go missing. <clears throat> now, we're going to fast forward a month to Friday, March 19th, 2004. 
Brianna is going to wake up early that morning because her and her mom were going to go out to breakfast and they were going to spend the morning together before Brianna was set to take her GED test. And at this point, Brianna had actually gotten hired for two part-time jobs. One was at the Black Lantern Inn and then the other one was at KJ's Diner. So after the GED test, um, Brianna and her mom were planning to go out shopping. And the reason why Brianna had taken the GED test was because she had plans to attend college. So by all accounts, Brianna was making lemonade out of lemons. She dropped out of high school, but she was still getting her GED. She still wanted to go to college. She was working two two part-time jobs. She was doing the thing. So... One of the jobs that um, Brianna had gotten, like I said, is at KJ's Diner, and that required her to wear black dress pants. So mom and daughter go out after Brianna passes the exam. So they're like, yep, we're going to go celebrate. And so they head to the store. Now, while they're in line to check out, Brianna tells her mom, mom, I'm going to be right back. And she leaves the store. Brianna's mom wouldn't see her again until later after she had checked out and the pair meet up at the car. And at this point, Brianna seems kind of agitated and a bit guarded against her mom. And out of respect for her daughter's privacy, not wanting to push, her mom decided to just change the subject and not push her daughter for any more details. Now, later that evening, Brianna is going to go to work at the Black Lantern, which is her one part-time job, and she's going to finish that shift at 11.20 p.m. Now, co-workers are going to invite Brianna out to dinner with them after the shift had ended. She's going to decline. She says, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go home and rest. I start my first day at KJ's Diner tomorrow. So from 11.20 p.m. to 12.30 a.m., On March 20th, 2004, we have no idea where Brianna went, whom she interacted with, or what happened to her. All we know is that the last person to see her was her co-worker at 11.20 p.m. She gets in the car, she leaves, and by 12.30 a.m., a witness is going to be driving down Route 118, and they're going to spot her green Oldsmobile backed into the side of that abandoned farmhouse. Now, this witness is going to report that the car was parked at an odd angle, and they said that her headlights may have still been on. However, this witness does not report this sighting to police. Now, a couple hours later, another witness is going to observe Brianna's car in the same position. Now, this witness, however, is going to recall that her turn signal may have been on as well in addition to those headlights. Again, this witness doesn't report it to the police. Now, our next witness is going to be James. James is actually Brianna's ex-boyfriend, and he's going to drive by the crash site. He's going to recognize her car. He's going to pull over. But this is where it gets a little fuzzy. See, James's story is a bit inconsistent. Why he was in the area remains the utmost mystery. According to Uncovered, which is um, one of the sources that I use for today, his account, his current account, like so what he's currently telling police is what they believe happened that night. This account seems to be the most true. 
In that story is that he drove past the Dutchburn barn at around 2.30 a.m. He's going to pull over after he recognized Brianna's car um, backed into the side of the barn. He stated that there was nobody around, the headlights were on, and both the driver's side and the passenger side doors were left wide open. Now, James says that he turns the headlights off, he closes the doors, and then he just moves on. If you know that this is your ex-girlfriend's car and you take the time to pull over, turn the headlights off, turn the car off, close the doors, whatever it is, why wouldn't you call the cops? This, he states he didn't call the police because he was drinking that night and he worried that he would get in trouble if he reported this. Now, could his drinking... That might be the reason why his story is constantly changing. Maybe. It's a strong possibility. But, folks, if you're drinking, please don't drive. You're putting your life and everybody else's life in danger. Just, just don't drink and drive. That's that's my TED Talk for this episode. Um, but I, I don't understand why he couldn't have just anonymously reported it and been like, hey, he was driving down this road and I saw this car strange you know like why didn't the first two witnesses report this strange sighting just boggles my mind all around now we're gonna fast forward just a little bit further on to the morning early morning hours of march 20th 2004 now a group of hikers are going to be driving down route 118 that same route that the barn's on and they're going to spot brianna's car now, these hikers are going to pull over, and what they do next, after they pull over, is kind of strange to me, and I don't know, it's just another curiosity that is just added to this case of mysteries. So, they're going to pull over, and then they're going to take photos of the car. Y'all, they just get out, and they're like, let's, let's snap some photos. Like, we don't think, like, hmm, strange this is strange. You should probably call the cops. No. They decide to take photos instead. And in those photos, um, which happened to be the only publicly released photos of the crash site. So in those photos, we see some loose change, a water bottle, a broken necklace on the ground that was next to the driver's side door, which will later be confirmed to be Brianna's. And so we see the, the, the barn the car, and these other um, pieces of essentially evidence in these photos. Those photos are released to the public. And of course, they will be on the Instagram for you guys to check out. And that's it. So they decide to just not call the cops. They take these photos and then they dip out. They just, they just leave. I don't know leaves me scratching my head. Now, it's not going to be until 1.22 p.m. on March 20th, 2004, that police are going to be dispatched to the crash scene. Now, once on scene, the Vermont State Trooper is going to notice some personal effects inside of the car. 
including two of Brianna's paychecks from the Black Lantern. Now, remember Brianna's ex-boyfriend allegedly arrived on scene at 12 hours earlier, turned the headlights off, closed the door? Well, because of the ex-boyfriend's actions the night before, the trooper states that he saw nothing that he considered suspicious. So the fact that this car was just like backed up into the side of the barn, not suspicious. Um, and so he leaves as well. So he decided that it was actually a drunk driver who most likely abandoned the car. So he collected the belongings that were scattered onto the ground, tossed them back inside the car, headed to the Black Lantern because he was like, oh, hey, paychecks, let's go talk to this person. So he's hoping to talk to maybe some staff members to see whose car that this possibly is. Um, when he gets there, discovers that the Black Lantern is actually closed and it's not open for the day just yet. Um, so thinking that nothing suspicious happened, he took the tag number down, but he never ran the plate and then continued on with his day and Brianna's car would be later towed to um, a local shop. And it would be three more days until Brianna was officially reported on Tuesday, reported missing on Tuesday, March 23rd, 2004. Jillian Stout called Brianna's mom, Kelly, to see if Brianna was with her. The two then compared notes and realized that no one knew where Brianna was. So Kelly begins calling everyone that she could think of to see if anyone knew where Brianna was. Kelly called Bruce, who was Brianna's father. He was away on business in New York to let him know, hey, nobody has seen or heard from Brianna in the last couple of days. Um, you know, can you come back home? I'm going to call the cops. So Bruce drives through the night to make it back home to Vermont and Kelly is going to call the police to report Brianna missing. Now, I know some of you are like, how does two days go by without realizing that your kid is missing? You have to remember, Brianna wasn't living with her mom at this point. So it's possible that with it being the early 2000s, they weren't texting and they weren't, you know, calling every single day. Because in 2004, that I was in like eighth grade, I don't think cell phones were a big thing just yet. I'm pretty sure like my mom still had a pager at this point. Anybody else remember pagers or just me? I don't know. So it, it, it's not far-fetched to think that they just, they didn't talk every day because you didn't do that really in 2004. They weren't living together. So it's not far-fetched for me to be like, oh, that's fine. So weeks are actually going to end up going by before police are going to get their first tip in the case. Now, a week later, police are actually going to then return back to the crash site. And this time they are going to bring some canine units and they're going to search the area. This search does turn up some evidence, but without knowing how long this stuff was out there for, police are kind of unsure whether or not this is related to Brianna's disappearance. Now, during this search, DNA is going to be found. Um, I'm assuming they're going to go back to that tow yard. They're going to re 
search her car and this is where they find the DNA. Um, it, it wasn't very specific in my sources. It just says that DNA was found. They entered it into CODIS, um, and ended up comparing it to 11 persons of interest. And at that time there was no match found. I do believe in one or two of the sources though, uh, it does say that that DNA did come from the car. So hopefully I'm not misspeaking, but if I do, I will go back. I will, um, let y'all know in the next episode if I am incorrect. I don't think I am. Um, now on April 20th, 2001. So this is about a month later, not 2001, 2004. I'm sorry. About a month later, uh, after Brianna disappears, Bruce is going to receive an anonymous tip and I am heartbroken that this tip was called into Bruce and not the police because this tip says that Brianna was being held captive in a house on Reservoir Road in Berkshire. And this house that was on Reservoir Reservoir Road, that is a tongue twister. It's like rural drawer, was roughly 10 miles away from the home on Dutchburn where Brianna's car was found. Now, the house where the tipster said Brianna was, was rented by Raymond Ryans and Nathaniel Jackson. And these two are implicated in Brianna's disappearance. Bruce then calls the Vermont police and has to beg them, beg them to search the property. And at one point says, if you do not officially go search this property, I'm going to get some friends together and I'm going to go do it for you. I will do your job for you. I will find my daughter. Like that is such a papa bear thing to do. And thankfully the Vermont police got up off their behinds and they got fish and wildlife agents and border patrol agents to be like, okay, hey, you know, we'll go search the property. So they ended up raiding the property and they unfortunately discover that Brianna is not there and Raymond and Nathaniel continue to deny knowing anything about Brianna's disappearance or anything about her whereabouts or having to do with her disappearance at all. Now, in terms of investigation, that's kind of it. It, it. it stalls from 2004 to 2006 when I saw some theories that popped up. And one of those theories was that Nathaniel and Raymond actually killed Brianna a week after she disappeared. They dismembered her with a table saw and then disposed of her on a pig farm. Now, police have not been able to corroborate this claim. So everything that I've read, it doesn't seem like anybody believes this. Um, but I did want to mention that. Now, in 2006, there is an alleged sighting of a woman um, that they believe is Brianna. Now, this reported sighting is of a woman who worked at a casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And they said that this woman resembles Brianna. 
Now, Greeny's sur- surveillance footage is going to show this woman who may or may not be Brianna sitting at a poker table and she's sitting next to a bald man. The identity of this man is unknown and it is unknown if that woman was even with the man that she was sitting next to. But Kelly Maitland says that she does see a strong resemblance in her daughter. So from 2004 to 2006, I was unable to find much in the way of investigation and that's probably because the state police drug their feet. They they didn't even want to search this property. They just, I don't know, they just weren't there for it. And again, not much in the way of investigation till about a year later when in 2007, police are going to search a wooded area in Montgomery, Vermont. And this area is going to be seven miles from where Brianna went missing. This search was conducted and during the search, they would actually find a pair of weathered blue jeans and the jeans are going to be sent off for forensic testing. But the results of those jeans and if they found any evidence related to Brianna's disappearance have not been made public. Additionally, at this time, several anonymous phone calls have been made to the Maitland family and They range from this pig farm theory that I mentioned earlier to Brianna being tied to a tree in the woods and then her body being dumped in a lake. These phone calls, though, remain uncooperated. And I don't know if they mean uncooperated by they can't prove that the Maitland family actually received these phone calls or they just can't prove the validity of these phone calls. It wasn't very um, specific in the research. Now we're going to fast forward again to March of 2010. Now Vermont State Police at this time are going to search a sand slash gravel pit. And I say sand slash gravel because I have seen it reported both ways. Some sources call it a sand pit and some sources call it a gravel pit. Now after receiving this tip, Um, they go to search it because the tip said that Brianna was actually buried in the pit. Now, two dozen searchers, two cadaver dogs, and her, her father, Bruce, show up and search the area. However, nothing new is uncovered. And in March 2016, police are actually going to reveal that they did collect DNA from Brianna's car back in 2004. So like I mentioned earlier, we don't know if that DNA is collected, but we do find out in 2016 that DNA does come from the car. Now, police have not released um, the results of that DNA test, and I don't know if that's because they don't have a match just yet or they're working to get all of their ducks in a row to make an arrest. Now we're going to fast forward four more years to September of 2020 when state police are going to team up with Ortham Labs or Ortham Inc., excuse me, and they're going to have them re-examine all of the evidence that was collected. There is currently a $5,000 reward being offered for any information leading to the whereabouts of Brianna and or the arrest or conviction, excuse me, and conviction of those responsible for her disappearance or her death. And according to police, Brianna's case is still active and there 
haven't been any suspects named, just some persons of interest. And police have also stated that new tips are called in a few times a month. So now I want to talk about some of the theories surrounding Brianna's disappearance. <laughs> 